Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We are teaching in the book of Romans, and this is a fantastic just slice of scripture here. The, the book of Romans really lays this great foundation for understanding how terrible we are in chapters 1, 2, and 3, and how desperate we desperately lost we are without Jesus. Not just kind of lost, but totally lost. Really bad off, okay? Without him, we are trapped and dead and lost in our sin. And, and in him, we find justification. And I'm just going to throw this word up here. Justification. We're, we're doing these little note cards. Just as if we had never sinned. Made right because of the price that was paid, the penalty Removed. So he took the penalty on himself. The price was paid for our sin. And he lifts us up as if we had never sinned. That is really the, one of the most primary themes going on throughout all of Romans. Just over and over again. Just as if you never sinned. So he paints this grim picture, the Apostle Paul does, of where we're really at so that we understand how desperate and lost and dead without Christ we really are. Last week, in uh, the, the book, uh, chapter 5, we split chapter 5 into two teachings, so it was really two weeks in a row, just talking about and really understanding our old nature. That, that in Christ, when we get saved, something miraculous happens is we become born again. This new nature takes off. But our old nature, this old man, is now what we call crucified with Christ, dead. But, but, not separated okay so when christ comes in we're just as if we'd ever sinned we're detached from our sin and our old man we're going to find out what happens to our old man and i told you this last week that i thought my old man's name was steve but apparently it's not my old man is actually this old nature that i carry around with me that's been crucified with christ what's my relationship to him and for you ladies what's your relationship to her how do you relate to this thing, and how ought you? <laughs> how, what do we, how dangerous is this old man running around? What kind of power does this old man really have in our life? That's what we're going to dig in today. And the title of this message is Alive to Christ. So we're dead to sin, but alive to Christ. So first one, we're going to blast through the first 11 scriptures, break them down, then move on to the last three, Okay. Uh, well, three more, and then, then we'll do the rest in the next week. Verse 1, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too raised from the dead. Oh wait, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. 
Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're inviting your Holy Spirit to breathe on your living word. These are not just words in the Bible. These can come to life by your spirit. You are the lawgiver. You are the living word inside of us. We're asking you to bring revelation, freedom today. I am just asking God, by your spirit, you will set us free. God, you say those who are in Christ whom Christ has set free, are free indeed. And we want to walk in that freedom. We don't want to walk in prison, in shackles and chains, when we're actually free. So God, set us free in our minds and our spirits, just the knowing. Let us know what you've done for us and begin to live in the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so here we go. Verse one, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Does that make sense to you? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? So here's the thing. In chapter five, it really talks about this whole concept of as sin pours out, grace increases with it. In fact, in greater abundance, it overwhelms the sin. So as much sin as you can conjure up, whoa, I'm gonna fall. As much sin, I just wanna get closer to you. Watch out. As much sin as you can conjure up, grace can overpower it even more. You can't keep up. Your sin can't keep up with God's grace and his mercy. So here's the argument. And people call this hyper grace, all right? Which is a ridiculous thing to even say. It's hyper grace. Too much grace. Okay, if you say a thing that there's hyper grace, you actually do not understand grace. You don't understand what it is. And also if you say that grace liberates sin, you also don't understand grace, okay? Grace is this, here's the note card for grace. What is it? The power of God. It's the power of God, unmerited, given to you, inside you working in and through your life. That's the grace of God. It's his power working through you. Can grace empower sin? What's God's nature? Perfect righteousness. He is perfect and holy. His nature is the Holy Spirit moving through your life. How can that empower sin? Also, in the same power of grace is the full justification for your sin. So no matter how much sin you do, you can't keep up with his grace forgiving you. And you go, how can it be like this? That's too good. Exactly. He is too good for you and me. He's that good. But that is where you and I understand the measure of the value of our relationship with him. That's how much he loves you and wants you. Reconciliation. Here's the next card. Reconciliation. 
It's this concept of the boomerang. The, you were tossed out in your sin and separated from God because of your sin, but his love, the power of his grace, no matter how much sin you had, is pulling you back all the time into a relationship with him. He's doing everything possible and has done. Actually, it says he's finished. It was finished when Christ gave up his breath on the cross. He says, it is finished. Full justification, reconciliation for you and I. Not so you can make excuses for all the sin in your life. And so you can just increase sin all the more because I'm just going to show off God's grace because I can do whatever I want. Look, that might be true. You can do whatever you want. And you're, we're all going to end up in heaven. We're going to be like, high five. But like I said before, do you want a participation ribbon in heaven? And I just barely got in. You know, I'm like, I'm in. It's not really just barely. It's just, but you get in and that's it. There's no reward for any life well lived. And here's the real kicker is that you and I suffer the consequences here on earth for our sin. If we live in that old nature, this is the part we suffer, not God. We suffer. And he doesn't want that for us. He paid for this freedom, and he's bringing us back into a relationship, and he doesn't want you to suffer in it. So this concept of hyper-grace, we talk about grace too much, and we need to pull on the law. The law is done. It's over. Thank God. We don't have to measure up to that. The lawgiver now lives in your heart. Same law. But now, the law never gave you any power. This is what the first all chapters up to here really leads up to. Is saying It never gave you the power to actually live righteous. But now, Jesus living inside you, the Holy Spirit does. But we don't get our mindset on the wrong thing. He's saying, don't get your mindset on two different spaces. Is that one, that you just go on sinning because grace you know, is so awesome. You're going to pay for that. That's going to really stink for you. Don't do it. You will not be effective in the kingdom and you will suffer. And then you'll end up in heaven. You'll be like, why did I do that? You're like, I don't know. I told you not to do that. Verse 2, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live to it any longer? See this question? Wait, wait a second. Your old nature died? You died to sin? It's not just, I overcame it, I, I, I now just wrestle it. No, it actually was killed. It was killed on the cross. We're going to find out how when we get with Jesus, our sin nature is also killed on the cross. So let me ask you this. What does sin produce? Yep. <laughs> Kids on it. What does sin produce? What? Death. Is death awesome? To say no. If you don't know the answer, I mean, to say no. Oh, I love death. I can't wait for that day. There's a couple days you're not looking forward to, right? I'm not saying that out loud. I filtered. I filtered it. I was going to say death and circumcision. There's two days you're not looking for. Okay. All right. All right. Did, wait, did I say that out loud? Wait a second. That came out. Okay. 
Now, here's the thing. To understand the mechanics of how grace works in your life, you must understand baptism. Okay? This is where this passage is going. To understand the mechanics of how grace works in your life, you've got to understand baptism. And this is why Paul breaks this down. Baptism symbolizes something extremely important to you that's happened to you when you give your life to Jesus. And, that, and it also is this public declaration of only one way any religion has ever done this. It's never happened this way, and none of them have ever taken up this model because none of them are actually God. They're all man's ways. But the living God has a different way. And he does all the work, and he came for us and died for us and didn't just say, you guys all measure up and do it all yourself, and you might be able to be good enough to come into my presence. No, he comes to us. He takes his presence to us, does the work for us, and he dies for us. So verse 3, here we go. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his what? Death. Baptism is first about death. Well, that's awesome. Verse 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. All right, so let... He dies, baptism is first about death, he dies, and now we are also, bar- so then he gets buried in the ground, right? So when people get, when they die, when they get dead, they get buried in the ground. So he dies, he gets buried in the ground, therefore buried, we are buried with him through baptism into death in order that Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Okay, so I'm going to show you my little baptism slide here. Okay, baptism, dead to sin, alive to Christ. So we got our little water line here. You and I, When we give our heart to Jesus, we die with him. We're connected to him in his death. Our old, we get buried, that's all we were before, right? Was this old nature, this old man. It was one nature then. Then what happens is when we died, we we actually, with Jesus, we get buried in the ground. So this is why we take water and we go bloop into the water, okay? As if we are buried underground, fully submerged. And then when we're brought up, we're resurrected like he was out of the grave into a new life. When Jesus came back, he was in a glorified body. Okay? That's your new nature. That glorified body that Jesus has, you get one just like that when you get move into eternity. But until then, you're still connected to this old guy that got buried in, in the ground. He gets buried in the ground, and then it's almost like you get a split personality. You get divided. You finally get separated from this old nature. I want you to imagine it's like a shadow being cast out. And everywhere you go, it's kind of there, but it's not you. It's not you. It's an image of who you were as the sun casts on you. Now the glorified, this is your new nature. You can still see the image of who you were. 
right? It's kind of cool. All right. So in, this is the concept of baptism. I'm connected with Jesus. Baptism is not just the thing you do and you sprinkle your babies. And I saw this one video of this priest dunking this baby. Head first, back first, head first, back first, head first. The baby's like, what's going on? <laughs> that changes nothing. Baptism is not like, you know, a seal coating you put on your car to protect it from rust. I'm going to spray that thing down, keep all that sin off of it. That's not how it works. Just dump my baby in the waters of baptism and hope sin doesn't stick on him. It doesn't do anything. Baptism is a spiritual connection. If you never get water baptized, you actually have already been baptized. It's about a symbolism of saying, this happened to me and I want everybody to know about it. And I want to understand it deeper. And so I'm going in the water and coming up and I'm leaving the old man behind. And I'm going to live to this new nature, the nature this, the radiance of God's glory is shining on me, but I can still see who I was in my shadow. All right. But that man, he needs to stay in the grave. Because you're still connected to him. Verse 6, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That old shadow, that old man in the grave. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Did you know it? You were a slave. Did you know you, you were a slave? You were in captivity, being held prisoner, doing whatever sin your master was calling you to do. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, you're still a slave. That's scary to think about. No longer free. You, not, not, not longer. You're in captivity whether you think you're free or not. Some people go like, oh, I don't want to get saved because then I'm going to be in prison to religion. You don't understand. You're a slave. That's like a person on a plantation. I want to be careful here. Growing up, because slavery is not just about African Americans. Slavery's been going on for thousands of years. You're of another nationality that somebody else wants to oppress or another people, group, or class that they want to have power over. It's about power. It's about mastery. It's about one being over another. Not really about color of skin, is it? Sin. Imagine a person on a plantation and they go, Psh, I, don't want to, I don't want that declaration you know, to happen. I mean, I guess I'll go out and, I mean, because I'm I'm free here. Like, I get to do whatever I want. Everything's taken care of for me here on this plantation. Why would I want to get out and go be free? Like, <laughs> I don't want this emancipation proclamation to happen. That would be a, a mindset of not understanding what you're actually in and the limitations of what you are stuck in now. You know, the Israelites were like this. When they were in prison, they were slaves in Egypt. And they got out, and they're like in the desert, and they're going like, wait a second, slavery was better than this desert. 
Well, what they weren't looking at was the promised land. They didn't understand that if they were in, would just take what God had given them, all they had to do was go take it, and they could live in the promised land. Abundance, and they're like, caught in the middle ground going, oh no, I don't know about this. I'm afraid of what that life could be like because it could be prison to me and dangerous to me. There's Philistines and there's giants in that land. I don't know, that's scary to me. I might have to risk things and give stuff up to take that land. I think I'm going back to slavery because I think that will be better. It's not better. Trust me, living in slavery is not better than the freedom Christ has purchased for you. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live in faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So you and I, we crucify that old self with Jesus. And then it's no longer us. It's no longer us that's living. And you know what? In this, we get set free from the prison and the bondage of sin. Verse 8. If we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. See this? But you have to believe you were in prison. You have to believe that sin was your master. You have to understand that only in Christ can you live set free. Only in him. Verse 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. Wait a second. What leads to death? Sin. Okay? Sin birthed in the world through the fall of Adam. And everybody's nature, we were talking about this before, the old man, the old nature is Adam. His sin nature in everybody. That sin was mastery over everyone which led to death. But Jesus conquers death. And it no longer has mastery. Because he's now the master. Death. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. The life he lives, he lives to God. This is wild. This is wild. I want you to get this. We're going to get it through some of Jesus' teaching. Jesus sits this Pharisee down, this teacher of the law. His name was Nicodemus. We're going to call him Nick. He meets him at night. So it's Nick at night. Okay? Just keep it simple around here. <laughs> that was bad. So, Jesus kicking it with Nick at night. Nick comes to him and he's like, look, I'm confused about what's going on here. And Jesus starts to school him up. He tells him, you know, <clears throat> you... Nicodemus, you need to understand this, that no one gets to heaven. No one makes it unless they're first born of water than of the Spirit. You need to be born again. Made new. <laughs> Nick, he wasn't the most cleverest of Pharisees, apparently. He goes, Jesus, how in the world are we going to get back into our mother's wombs as full-grown people? Jesus looks at him. I just love to be there. I think Jesus was funny. See, a lot of us take Jesus, think he's really serious, but he, we're, some of us are funny, right? And that's part of his nature, isn't it? I think Jesus goes, Nick, ew, you are a weirdo. Because he goes, you're a teacher? 
You teach people this stuff? He goes, how you as a teacher of Israel cannot get this concept? Let me break it down to you, like Michael Scott. I'm going to tell it to you as if you were eight. Okay? And then he tells him, you were born, you need to be, your spirit needs to be born again. Yeah, Jesus, I get it. So how am I going back in the, okay, I'm going to, tell me to me as like I was four. This is Michael Scott. Tell me, I get it. Tell me as if I was four. Okay, he's like, breaks it down again. Dead in your sin, spirit, not just your body. You have to be born. You have to be a human, born of a, right? born of a woman, like as a baby. And now born again in your spirit. Okay? Not enough of you have seen The Office. All right. We're going to let that one go by. You should be laughing more because that was a funny episode. All right. <laughs> tell me as if I was four. I get it. No, tell me as if I was two. When you and I grasp this concept, you, the fear around your salvation is going to go away. The understanding of what's really going on in your sin, you're going to get some liberation. You're going to be set free. Jesus is given the keys right here. And so it's, it's, this is what this passage in Romans is talking about. This is what he's saying. And actually when he starts teaching in Romans, it has already been done and it's even clearer. It's easier for us to understand that when Jesus literally died, rose again. He was telling Nick he was going to do this stuff. And Nick's like, I am so confused. But you and I can see it. Jesus dies. And in that death, we die with him. And then in the resurrection, the new life, guess what? We're born again. You were first born as a little baby into sin. Good and kind of a bummer. <laughs> like you're alive. Get this opportunity now to be born again. This one act of death pays for it all. And then the one act of God himself being raised to new life gives us all resurrection power. You have the resurrection power in you. So when he is lifted up and you attach yourself to him, you get to go down in the water, leave the old man, and come up new. And you're born again. A new spirit, new nature, just like his. Sheesh. New life. In the same way, verse 11, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in, hear this, in, 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 in Christ Jesus. Not apart from, not just because of, you can't, okay, you're in him. Just like Nick goes, how can I get born again again? How do I have to be born? You can't be born again, 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 again. Right? You might have, you play golf. Anybody play golf in here? You guys know what a mulligan is? You like get to do it again? I like to go play golf and have mulligans and then again agains. Right? <laughs> Until my score gets down to where I'm like, hey, I'm a pretty good golfer. <laughs> There's no again agains in salvation. One time. And you, how do you get unborn? Can you undo your, your bornness, your born nature, like the, that event that you got born? 
Can you undo that? Okay, how could you undo your spiritual new birth? When you get in Christ, how do you get un out of Christ? You get unborn again? How do you get unborn again? It happened. It was an event. You were sealed in Christ, in Christ for eternity. Your sin is no longer the issue. Dead. Dead to sin. Born again and now alive to Christ. Anybody ever been afraid of losing your salvation? Anybody in here? Be, be bold, be brave. Okay, I've had that fear before. We're gonna put that to rest today. Romans 8 says nothing can separate you from his love. Romans 8 is in the context of this passage. It's not just chapter, verse, we go on to new subjects. Okay, we're talking the same context. You are dead to your sin. Permanently, it's gone. When you're dead, you're dead, right? When you're alive, you're alive. It's that simple. But here's one of the things that it goes on to teach here. Is it says, verse, verse 12, Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. Wait a second. I'm dead to my sin. It's actually dead, but it's in the grave. I put it in the grave, didn't I? But now I have to be careful that I don't let it rain again so I could give it rain. I could let it rain again if I'm not careful. How do I do that? So in my mortal body, now in my internal body, when we die, I'm totally then permanently separated from my old body and only have the glorified body. Then I get to go to heaven. I don't have to deal with this problem anymore. But on earth, while I'm still in my mortal body that has a beginning and an end, I am still attached to that old nature, but it's dead. Okay, Joel, why don't you come here? Grab some of your uh, props here for me. We're going we're gonna to explain this. We're going to show it to you. How do you not let it rain? So this is what I want you to say. Just one of those. We only need one. There we go. All right, you can wrap that for me. So I, I want you to get this concept here is don't feed the animals. My oldest son, Caleb, he's 21 now. By the way, happy anniversary to me. Today, 22 years, today. I got married like an hour from now. Not so bad. N not to this guy. He's a little bearded for me. She's beautiful. Her name is Joni, if you don't know her. Joni and I had a baby. We were young. And uh, I remember Caleb, he was this little guy. We're running around this park. And we're like, let's feed the geese. Anybody ever made this mistake? feeding geese at a park so I give I get my little kid he's like three or four he's so cute man he's like six one six three super handsome now available but then he was just six three or four three I guess he's three or four and he's like out there like I go go feed him son and I'm young I'm only in my early 20s I never experienced this I never even hardly seen geese I grew up in the Kiski birds don't live by the chemical plant okay so he's out there feeding them and then the geese, they like get a few, and then I'm like, wah, 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 wah. and then there's like 50 of them surrounding my little kid, and like they start biting him because he doesn't have any more food. He's like, ah, he's running, and they're chasing him. These geese are knocking my son over. You got to be careful what animals you feed, right? <laughs> okay, your sin nature is like this, okay? So you're. 
You, you got to make sure you don't feed it. So here's what we have. We have this Joel. He's my old man. Joel's my old man. And what it teaches us is we're now crucified with Christ. Okay? So he's going to be crucified. That was a nail. Those are nail guns, like, in the, right? And then he's crucified and dead. Jesus dies, but now I'm crucified. Boom, okay, so he's dead. Now what happens is what do we do with him? Before they, we put him in grave clothes, <laughs> right? Oh, come on now. Come on, this is going to work. Hold it, Joel. Hold your thing. <laughs> Hold your grape boat. I'm dead, John. No, you have to hold your grape boat. There. We've got to get it started. This is such one-ply. It's so wimpy. <laughs> Who uses one-ply? I'm going to wrap it on your head. Okay. So we're going to have to get Charmin or something real for the next service. Okay. All right. So Joel has his grape clothes. This is his old nature. We're going to put him in the... Okay. Then, he's dead. This is so bad. <laughs> in the ground. Okay. He's buried. He's dead. Now, he's buried with Christ. The grave clothes are terrible. I, my mind, it works so much cooler. Okay. So he's dead, right? And he's around. So now I'm alive. I got the sun on me. Jesus is glorified. My new nature is righteousness, life in him. But the problem is, is I have some old bad habits, and sometimes I get confused. And I think, oh, I should go out and, like, maybe I'll go drinking one night. And maybe I'll go out and, whoo. And then maybe I'll, like, start looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at, thinking about things I shouldn't be thinking about. Oh, and he starts to get a little energy in him. Whoa, whoa he likes that. Oh, he likes that. Uh-oh. And uh-oh, don't feed the animals. Oh, jeez. And then all of a sudden, I'm hooked on pornography. And he can't stop eating. And now I'm like, wait a second. I just get, he wants more. He can't help it. He needs more. Then he starts to get kind of cocky and powerful, right? And he gets to be this monkey on my back. <laughs> Right? And he just can't stop feeding the animal. Oh, but I don't know. I'm not powerless to sin. I don't know why this is happening. Right? But it says this guy's dead. He's creepy. He's dead. He's not alive. He's like a zombie. He's the living dead because I'm feeding him and letting him reign in my life. What I need to do is stop feeding him, go back and be dead in the name of Jesus. I want to be alive to Christ. I don't want to live to sin anymore. So I stop feeding the animals, and I start feeding my spirit. That's why we go to church. That's why we go to church, and we, we ask, go, you're dead still. Lay down. Down in Jesus' name. I command you, you're not allowed to get up. I'm alive to Christ. I'm dead to sin. Stay there. As I begin to worship and fill and feed my spirit, my dead man, I'm not focusing on him. And I'm not allowing him to reign anymore. Just keep him dead. 
Because he's dangerous. He, he's dangerous if I choose to give him power. That's only if. That's the only way he has power. Do you know that? Your natural body can be addicted to dangerous things in this world. And if you stop touching them, feeding them, they go away. And in Christ, you can be supernaturally set free by the power of God, can break those addictions in your life. Do you know you can be healed? If you're missing a finger, God can grow your finger out. If you're crippled, he can make you well again. If you're lame, he can make you stand. If you're dead, he can raise you. There's nothing too hard for our God. Every addiction can be broken. Every mindset can be broken. Every depression can be lifted. But you have to understand and believe and know that you are dead to your sin. You're dead to your old man. You're alive to Christ. You have to know who your source is. You and I need to begin to believe and understand and know in its fullness what we are risen into. What we are placed into, and it's truly the power of God. Can you give Joel a hand? Thank you very much, Joel Benson. He doesn't only leads worship, he does tricks. Okay, that's a really awesome transition right to the piano. Good job. Oh, yes, in the name of Jesus, let the Lord's presence come upon you. Can you feel it? the weight of his love. Okay. This is for real, isn't it? This is for real. You're really alive in him. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Verse 13, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. You have to offer it doesn't have power you have to offer it but rather so stop you but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master sin shall no longer be your master sin shall no longer be your master because you are under grace. Not grace that says, oh, just keep going on sinning as much as you want, it doesn't matter. No, grace that says, I've forgiven every sin you could ever do this time, next time, forever, and that has ever been done. And I've made a way for you to live a new life in Christ, a resurrected life in Christ. I've made a way for you to be attached to me, Jesus says, and detached from that old nature, that old man. And you get to live in my resurrection power. Come on. Romans 7 talks about this war that wages on. But in Romans 8, 1, this is such a cool place. I just want to just fast forward us, us into this place as we close. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in not just a part of, not just next to, you're in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. You have been set free. You need to know it, you need to believe it, you need to begin to live it. But if you don't believe it, 
you will live differently. If you think grace is giving you the liberty to sin, you are gonna suffer. But if you understand, and if you believe that your sin will keep you from God and cause you to lose your salvation, you will also suffer. Because nothing can separate you from him. And then if you live in condemnation your whole life, you will be powerless to be effective in the kingdom. You're gonna sin. You're gonna accidentally feed the animals from time to time. It's gonna happen. And what the devil wants you to do is to whip yourself and beat yourself and live in condemnation and say, I can never do anything effective for Christ ever again. There are no, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because that means that you are truly justified, just as if you never sinned. What if the church treated each other this way? And not just Jesus and go, oh, Jesus is that good, but I could never be that good. Jesus is living in you. You're alive in Christ. Yes, you can be. I'm going to close with this passage. Just read it one more time, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's personal. I want to pray a blessing over you and invite any of you to come down for prayer after I'm done praying. But we need mindset shift. We never want to go back to feeding the old nature. Some of us have been feeding that old man in here and it's time to stop. It's time for a shift. It's time for you to live in the destiny that God gave you, not in condemnation for doing that, but because he wants you to live in power and in life and in freedom. So Father, in the name of Jesus, can everybody just here just lift your hands up just a little bit and just say, Jesus changed my life. Set me free, God. I want to be free from the power of sin over my life. And God, I glorify you and I command my old nature. You are dead in Jesus' name. And I am alive in Christ. Break addictions in my life. Break sinful mindsets. Set me free. Set me free. Oh, God, let my worship life explode in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Love you, church. Good to see you this week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.